It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hello, everyone out there in the podcast world. Matt Hausman here. Hope you guys are doing great. I'm doing great. And, you know, I had someone... I was talking to the other day, a client, and uh, we, we were kind of going over some different things, and this just really struck me, and hopefully I can do this today, <laughs> but the comment was, I don't want the dirt, just the diamonds. <laughs> so hopefully today, I can actually you know sift through all the dirt, find the diamonds for uh, what we're going to talk about today on the podcast. And what I'm going to go over today is I've had conversations. You guys, I, I'd like to use this format, use what's happening here in our office, on the phone, Zoom, what have you, and, and talk about the conversations we have with, with people. And this has come up a couple of times. It, actually, it's come up a ton over the course of the last 10 years, but really over the course of the last two or three, four weeks, specifically one conversation with uh, a family member of mine and kind of reminded me and other clients have asked about this is where do you get your financial knowledge? And they ended up, this is my family member, they ended up talking about some of the gurus that are out there. You know, the Dave Ramseys. In this case, it was specifically about some of the preachings of Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman, what have you. And I want to talk about that today, not only on things you want to be aware of. If you are out there increasing your financial knowledge, that's awesome. But that's, let's also take a step back and make sure we understand so many times the gurus that are out there on commercials, PBS specials, uh, maybe you know Jim Cramer there on CNBC, many times they're there for entertaining. Many times they're there trying to sell their book or you know, maybe other services that they offer. And a lot of times that information is very general or in some cases pie in the sky and not really looking at everything. And I'm going to talk specifically about the conversation I had with my family member about some of the things that Dave Ramsey was saying. And he was actually talking to me because he was concerned with a really good friend who just felt like, you know, Dave Ramsey, man, he was preaching and he was very enthused about going down the road that Dave Ramsey was was talking about. So we want to talk about that today. And then I also have a couple questions, depending on how long I rant on this particular subject, maybe we'll get a chance to get to. So before we do that, let's make sure we deal with a disclaimer. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, if you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmat.com. That's www.speakwithmat.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation? So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone 
to schedule this. So again, speakwithmatt.com, www.speakwithmatt.com, and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay, so as I mentioned, I was, I was talking with a with a family member of mine, and uh, he had brought up, he said, let me ask you a question, Matt. i got a real good buddy of mine that is just a huge Dave Ramsey follower. Bought all the books, following, you know, literally everything. I mean, he preaches the gospel, is what my friend is, uh, or what he, what his friend was was talking about. And he goes, I'm a little concerned about one of the directions that he's going. And I go, well, what in the world is that? And he goes, well, he's, he's talking about the idea of no credit. You don't need a credit score. You don't need a credit card. You pay cash for everything. And if you have the income and you don't have a credit score and you want to go buy a house, eventually a bank, you'll find a bank to you to give you a mortgage. Now, the reality is, you know, for compliance purposes, I'm not a mortgage broker, a mortgage banker, an underwriter, what have you. But I do know that over the course of the last nine months, probably 15 clients have either bought and sold or refied property where we have assisted, you know, only on, you know, being an advocate for them on looking at the financial documents. So one of the things they're always pulling, the banks that are, is they're pulling your credit report and your score. And so I don't, I don't know if what Dave Ramsey is talking about with the idea that you don't need a credit score, you don't need credit, is really viable. So I looked it up, and sure enough, he's got multiple articles out there talking about the idea that you don't need credit. Now, let's get one thing straight. Dave is, um, I do agree with a lot of the things that he talks about, especially with regards to helping people that have gotten into credit debt obligations that they can't meet, or it's really restricting, um, you know, most of their income is going to debt service. And, and I understand what he's talking about, but I think we, you know, this is where what I said earlier, the idea of people talking in generalities, acting like that is the entire scope of the universe. And the reality is you guys have heard me talk numerous times, and this is what I ended up talking with my family member about that he could go back and talk to his friend. I said, you know, the reality is there's good debt and there's bad debt, and let's recognize that. Now, good debt, especially in today's times, we'll use mortgage rates, for instance. The idea of not, if you're wanting to be a homeowner and not in waiting until you can stroke a check and pay cash, which by the way, I have met people that held off 10, 15 years on getting a home because they wanted to strike strike a check for it. But in today's world, when we think about how cheap money is, I mean, I was on the phone yesterday with a client that their mortgage rate is two and a quarter. Let me repeat that. 2.25%. The reality is that is absolutely cheap, cheap money. Let's talk about the idea of car financing. A lot of times that's what I get. So Dave Ramsey would say, no, pay cash for an automobile. And I can understand some of what he's saying, but if you have, quote, good credit, you're going to get these top tier interest rates where I had a client just recently at the end of January was able to buy a used vehicle financed for 60 months at 2.5%. Now, think about that. That's a depreciating asset, the car, that you're paying an interest rate that's only a quarter point above a mortgage. Now, in my mind, that's good credit. 
Um, you guys have heard me talk about playing the credit card game. Now, let me distinguish that. Make sure that we're understanding the specifics. What in the world am I talking about? Well, there's so many credit cards out there nowadays that, for instance, they might give you, you know, 12 to 18 months of purchasing at 0%. What does that mean? That means if you carry a balance over to the next month, you don't pay it off in full, they're not going to charge you an interest rate. Now, I wouldn't necessarily go down that road because then you can get into trouble. But if we look at the credit card game, I'll, I'll give you an example on the way that I play it, and Maggie and I play it, and we're teaching our kids to play it this way, is many of them are giving you one, one and a half percent back in points and or cash. And in certain parts of the economy, for instance, grocery stores, dining out, gas, you might get a bonus on top of that. Um, I'll give you an example. The card that we're using right now is the Chase Unlimited card. I'm sorry, the Chase Freedom Unlimited. And it's 1.5% cash back on all purchases. And then grocery stores, I believe it's grocery, drug, and restaurants, you get an extra point and a half. So that's 3%. By the way, uncapped all year. So you, if you're now the, the key to doing that is you got to pay that off every month. Why? Because if you don't do it, they're charging you 14, 15, 19, 20, 25% interest. And then you're, it doesn't matter how many points you're getting because they're not going to give you enough to cover the interest cost. So you have to, this is where you learn to budget. But that credit card can be very valuable if you're using the tool the way it is designed or the way to be maximized. The reality is in the banking industry, if you're using a credit card that way, they call you a freeloader because you're getting free float money during the month. You're paying it off before the grace period is over and you're getting the points. And one of the things I've noticed, and I've been playing this game now for about 10 years, is specifically with Chase is that then they offer you, and you got to be paying attention to this, they offer you different sales. For instance, if you use your points, let's say back at, uh, during Christmas, they were offering it for Apple. You could get 10% off of Apple products if you used your points through the Chase system. Or um, recently, we went down uh, to Chili's. If I used the Chase card at Chili's, not only did I get the points, but I got, I, I think it was up to $5 back directly cash into our points balance. So that's where using credit can be very beneficial. Again, I understand. Let's go back to what Ramsey's saying. You don't need a credit score. Pay cash for everything. Have no debt. I understand that many people, including myself when I was younger, got into credit card, you know, trouble, problems. Trust me, I was in problems. Staring at those, the only thing I could do is make minimum payments. Really, you know, and this is where it goes back to, you know, part of the financial knowledge I look back is the way my parents allowed me, first of all, I had to get a job and start paying. You know, I had to buy my own stuff, the, the over and above stuff, the stuff that I wanted. I remember the, but the, the first thing that I saved for was a big boom box for you 80s fans. You know, I looked like, you know, I had just come out of Footloose or Breaking with this thing. But I had to go work. I was cutting lawns and budget, not spend it, wait until I got there. But the other thing that happened that my parents did, and I had to, and as I got older, those responsibilities got more and more. I went from, you know, maybe buying some extra clothes to then paying for gas, paying for car insurance, etc. It just kept going. And the budgeting aspect on how we're able to use that credit card now 
is my parents, if I didn't budget correctly, I just didn't get what I wanted and they didn't cave. And sometimes I can even remember as a senior in high school, not having enough money to buy lunch. My parents also used to give us, uh, my sister and I, a certain allowance on a monthly basis. And that included our entertainment and our lunch at school. And so they didn't make us pay groceries. So what did my sister do? She was obviously, you know, further ahead than I was, even though she was younger, is that she would actually make her lunch (laughs) and bank that money. But I was too lazy to get up in the morning to make lunch. And so I was having to pay for it at school. And then maybe too much entertainment, too many movies, what have you. And then I wasn't eating. (laughs) Maybe I wasn't eating towards the end of the month. So I understand what Dave Ramsey is saying. And, and we all have to go through that learning process. But in this particular case, what he's saying, we don't need a credit score, pay cash for everything, is, you know, we recognize we do get into problems, but I think that, you know, all of a sudden now, that takes out an entire opportunity in using good debt to your advantage. I, you know, I was talking with some clients last night that were, that were in our office, and one of the things that they were mentioning they were worried about, and you guys, I've talked about this, you know, it's probably been a while, maybe a year, year and a half, is the idea of, you know, you get to the American dream, you get to retirement, and you don't have a mortgage on the house. And his concern was, you know, they're probably about four or five years away from retirement, and they're already there, no mortgage. Is His concern is he's been hearing these radio commercials about title theft, somebody wiping the deed out from under you. And I was like, well, you know, one of the things you might want to consider as protection or a deterrent in that, by the way, if you have questions about that, just shoot me an email and I'll do a, I'll do a story on that or a, a podcast on that. But I go, you know, one deterrent could be where someone is doing a title search to figure out what properties in the neighborhood are free and clear is why don't you go get a home equity line of credit at the bank? I didn't say you had to use it. If the house is worth 400000 get a two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000 line of credit, home equity line of credit on the house. And now that is the, the home, the asset, your asset is encumbered with that mortgage, which is going to deter someone from why would they want to go ahead and transfer the deed out when they're only going to, you know, they're going to have to figure out additional processes to pay that mortgage off before they get their, the equity that's left in the home. That's one way that we can use a debt instrument to our advantage. Many of our clients that have uh, real estate holdings, like rentals, is they use debt to their, they use other people's money, not only as a way to, especially with the interest rates right now, to be very attractive. And if they're still cash flow positive, they're using other people's money while at the same time creating asset protection. How is it asset protection? Because again, no one's going to come along, you know, if they've maxed out the, the, um, the mortgage values that they can get on those properties, no one's going to come take those out from under you. So again, I, I think we can be short-sighted in the idea or this thought. Again, Dave Ramsey, don't need a, cre- don't need a credit score, pay cash for everything, is let's make sure that we're, now how, not to say that us listening to that and going and listening to what he's saying it, it's not that some of what he's saying isn't valid, but just to make a blanket statement, so I'll go back to the family member I was talking to, and his concern for his friend was, his friend was, he, I'm not getting a credit card, debit card only, 
I'm going to wait and, you know, pay cash for, you know, the next car I need and a mortgage. I don't need a credit score. Who cares? I think that can be a little misleading in that guru talk or that preaching. And I think that's, you know, when we go back and, and I think about myself going back like how I first started learning about money and, and how my parents uh, started in that process and then going through school. And then eventually, you know, being in the advisory world, the financial advisory world, and I used to, man, I'd go to these conferences and I'd be searching out people that had been in the business a lot longer than me and talking to them and then coordinating with other advisor professionals like CPAs or attorneys and being able to have them discuss with me the different financial strategies or the estate planning strategies, but then also being able to sit back and recognize, for instance, the things that Maggie and I are doing right now with regards to our overall financial picture, the specifics are going to be different than, say, someone that has been a W-2 employee all their life and they're a year away from retirement and what they're looking to do. That's, and, and maybe they don't have kids. We have three. Not only do we have three, we have his, hers, and ours, which also creates um, another layer of specific details that we want to follow where the idea of just following the blanket advice of a Susie Orman or Dave Ramsey or a Jim Cramer or what have you, I think can create situations where, like my, my buddy's friend, is um, he could be missing a lot of opportunities. You know, one of the things that I was talking with the clients about last night, and they were talking about um, the idea of good debt and bad debt, and I was explaining to them, especially in this low interest rate environment, the idea of being able to use somebody else's money at such a low cost and using your own money to invest. And you can decide the direction you want to go on your investments, how much risk you want to take, what have you, you know, private placement, alternatives, traditional investing, what have you. But if you have the opportunity where, like I said, I got a client two and a quarter percent on a mortgage, are you kidding me? Or a car payment at two and a half, and the investment I'm looking at has a potential, let's say, of four or five percent or up. What I'm creating is a positive arbitrage situation. What in the world does that mean? That's a big word, Matt. Well, that means that the money that the two and a quarter percent, and then I'm at someone else's money, and now I'm using my own money to invest, and it makes, let's say, four, that means I'm positive one and three quarters percent. And then we can just, depending on what the anticipated potential rate is, it can just continue to escalate from there. So, you know, I think it's real important that when we're, especially in today's world, not only with the gurus, but think of the financial blogs that are out there, you know, NerdWallet, Bankrate.com, all of these. I mean, if you start to search it, there's so many financial websites out there that many times I'm not saying that some of the advice they're giving is not good, but many times it comes across in general and it fits everybody. And I think the biggest thing I want to get across today is that's where I think you want to make sure that you're, first of all, you understand what they're talking about. If anything, conceptually, you're understanding it. Second of all, is what they're talking about, does that make sense for me? And how is it going to fit in to what my goals and my dreams and what I'm wanting to accomplish with my overall financial and estate and taxation picture? That's the biggest thing. That I and, and that's what I was trying to explain 
to my family member and what he should be explaining to his um, to his friend is you know look at this as as we should always be wanting to increase our financial knowledge and this is part of it i'm not saying it's not but that's don't act like that is the only messenger that we want to listen to so um looking at the time now look at that i ranted for 20 <laughs> i ranted for 20 minutes so i'm not going to jump into those other questions today i'll go ahead and and do that on another podcast but so if, if you, hey, listen, if you have a response, I'd love to hear from you today. Um, simply shoot us an email at info at smartmoneyquestions.com or go to smartmoneyquestions.com right there. There's a comment place. You can actually shoot that over to us or you can even leave us a voicemail. If you'd like to speak specifically to me, reach out to me, speakwithmatt.com. Again, www.speakwithmatt.com. My online calendar is there. Schedule a 15 or 30-minute conference call. I'm more than happy to um, to jump on a call with you. So listen, everyone, I hope this has been helpful. Again, increasing your financial knowledge is extremely important, but let's make sure that we're taking all of the information into context on how it's going to really be able to be specific to the, the goals and dreams and desires that we have. Listen, everyone, take care. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Thanks.